Moricum passos ipse perficiat confirmavit solidavitque. After you have suffered a little, he will himself perfect you and confirm you and establish you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The virtue of Pope St. Gregory VII, Hildebrand, who the liturgy puts before us today, the virtue that stands out in the portrait of him that's depicted, one of the virtues anyway, is fortitude. We began the collect, Deus in te sperantium fortitudo, and we concluded with the petition that God might help us to omnia adversantia fortiter superare, O God, the strength, the fortitude of those who hope in thee, help us to bravely, boldly, strongly, fortiter, overcome all things that come against us. What is fortitude? It's one of the four cardinal moral virtues, the virtue that moderates the irascible appetite, the virtue that allows us to endure and undertake difficult things for the sake of the good. Even more, in this novena in the Seneca, we recall that fortitude is a gift of the Holy Ghost, a gift by which he enables us in a supernatural way, in a divine way, to endure and to undertake difficult things for the sake of the good. And this fortitude was evident in the life of Pope St. Gregory VII, as he undertook the struggle for the liberty of the Church against the most powerful secular forces in the world at that time, a struggle which resulted in him being driven away from Rome, having to flee, having to die in exile, having to endure all kinds of attacks and calumnies, attacks both physical and moral, having to undertake the difficult struggle to vindicate the Church's discipline and the Church's rights in the face of customs which had grown up and had the backing of very powerful influences in the world. It took great fortitude for him to undertake the reform of the Church, which he advanced both before and after his election as Supreme Pontiff. It took great fortitude for him to endure the attacks which came at him as a result of his stands for the rights of the Church. And where was it that he acquired this fortitude? Blessed Columbarmian hints at the means by which God developed this fortitude in the soul of Pope St. Gregory VII. Where, if not in the cloister, he writes, did such as Anselm, Gregory VII, and Pius VII obtain that wonderful steadfastness of soul which sustained them in their memorable conflicts for the liberty of the Church. It was the common life of the cloister that tried and molded their souls, strengthened their characters, and made them so intrepid and magnanimous that no danger affrighted them, no obstacle held them back. Who, according to the noble saying of Gregory VII himself to the monks of Cluny, never bent beneath the domination of the princes of this world. It was in the humble discipline of the monastic life that Hildebrand learned the human virtue of fortitude and in which he was molded by the Holy Ghost with his gift of fortitude.
this gift of fortitude, this virtue of fortitude, Blessed Philomarmian says, is particularly required of Cenobites living together in a monastery. St. Benedict, after all, speaks of monks as the fortissimum genus, the most strong race of Cenobites. Fortitude is a characteristic virtue of the Cenobite. Abbot Marmion goes on to say, this is because fortitude is not only the principle of aggression, agredi, but it is likewise that of endurance, sustinere. And as this, endurance, requires more steadfastness of soul than the former, aggression, this constitutes, says St. Thomas, the principal act of the virtue of fortitude. The, more, the most characteristic act of the virtue of fortitude is to endure, patient endurance. Endurance is the highest, the most characteristic form of fortitude. Enduring sufferings, enduring, above all, dangers of death. And so the life that we live in the cloister, with the patient endurance that it calls forth from us each day, can and should lead us to a very high degree of the virtue of fortitude. It can be easy enough in a moment of daring and a moment of bravery to go forth and to attack and to undertake bold and daring things, but to endure, to endure the, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune coming at us day after day in the common life. This requires the greatest fortitude, the fortitude that St. Benedict describes in the fourth degree of humility. And Armin goes on to say, commenting on this, daily to acquit oneself carefully of the task assigned by obedience, however humble, hidden from sight, or thankless it may be. Without that strong incentive to human activity, which is the struggle against exterior obstacles, without seeking compensation from creatures, without those distractions so frequent in the world which break the uniformity of occupations, all this requires of the soul singular endurance, self-mastery, and firmness. And thus the Proverbs says to us, Melior est patiens viro forti. The patient man is better than the strong. Et qui dominator animo suo expugnatore urbium. And he who is master of his soul is better than the one who conquers cities. The fortitude which we are called to shows itself in very small things day after day. But it requires of us a patient endurance which little by little conforms us to the, the Christus Passus, to our Lord and his patient endurance of his passion. It was this patient endurance, this fortitude learned in the cloister, which made Hildebrand into one who was able to be the great champion of the church, the great reformer of the church, and to, under, to undertake, yes, to, to attack when that was called for, to undertake bold things for the church, but above all, to endure the sufferings which came to him as a result of his labors on behalf of the church. And so we ask Pope St. Gregory VII today to obtain for all of us in the humble details of our daily life, the patient endurance, the fortitude which he learned in the cloister. Most of us will not be called upon to make the great monumental history-making contributions that he made. But we are called to imitate the fortitude that marked his Benedictine soul, 
the fortitude which the Holy Ghost perfected in him by his gift. So that as we heard in the conclusion of the epistle of today's Mass, when we have suffered a little, the Lord himself will perfect us and will confirm us and will make us solid. Solid in the love of Christ. Solid in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, which he imprints upon our souls. Solid in the union with God, which begins in this life, and which will bring us to eternal life. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.